0: Good. How are you guys? Can I get it like it? Good. Somebody, yeah. Who feels good to be in the house of the Lord today? <laughs> <laughs> Feel good. I went. I went outside to get a cup of coffee, and uh, I just the weather is amazing. The sun shines. It's just like I would. I wouldn't. It's so beautiful outside, right? I just, I just walk out and I'm like, it's the ocean, and I'm like, man, we are blessed. We are blessed, because you know, Hongdae, all they see is Hongdae. And especially on Sunday, after all the college students thrashed Hongdae, you come to church and it's like, uh, uh we, see, we see this beautiful ocean, this amazing bridge. And the weather today is amazing. It's Really blessed to be in the house with you guys today. Uh, our scripture today comes from Psalm 9, verse 7. I'll read it to you guys, 7 and 8. But the Lord sits enthroned forever... He has established His throne for justice, and He judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. I've been on this sermon series called Knowing God, uh, knowing His character, knowing His attributes. We've talked about the need for us as Christians to know and to want to know God deeply. Um, Not just about the things that we've been kind of taught or the th- things that we kind of know or we feel about God, but to really know Him on a deep level where we allow the Word of God and who He is to really take us to the knowledge of Him, to really know Him and not just to know about Him. I remember that's when really my faith really changed. Was I, w- I knew a lot about God, but then it wasn't until I actually knew God and knew Jesus that my life started to really change. So we looked at you know, what God says about Himself. He says, I am the great I am. I am who, what I, I am. Who I am? You know who used to say that? Popeye used to say that. I I just always wonder. You guys don't know who Popeye is. You guys are too young. But Popeye, for some old folks like me and Herman, <laughs> Herman's not even that, that old. There's a character called Popeye. and He's got easy spinach and gets strong, and he used to say, "I am who I am," right? But God says that. He says, "I am who I am. I am," right? That's the end. I am the ultimate. I, there's no one that is besides me, right? That's what he's saying. Like, he, he has a right to brag. It's like. You know, like you know how LeBron James gets to brag that he's like one of the best? Well God is. Period. Right? He is the absolute. There is no He is and everything else in this universe isn't. Because he always was. And and we looked at his goodness about how his goodness isn't so much his moral character, but it's just the fact that he is good. And there is no good outside of who he is. So for our lives, there is no good outside of who God is. You know, it's not so much about trying to figure out good things to do, but it's trying to figure out who God is and 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 do God, like like make decisions not based on what what is right or wrong, but it really is what is God, what has what God what God has said ha- to say about it, and we talked about his faithful, faithfulness. He is faithful. He can be trusted. Every word that is written about him and through him and 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 that he has written and he has has brought to life everything that he says, all of his promises are true, and he is faithful. He can be trusted. Now, trust is hard to find in this world. You know, and You have to build trust. But I want you to know that God can be trusted. Everything that God says, he can be trusted. And we, in the last one I preached, I think it was about a month ago, I preached on his love. And God is love. And, and the type of love that God is is not a feeling. We think love is a feeling. Like, oh, I had this feeling. I remember when I, when I like started to, when I went on my first date with Mina. I remember I felt like we were friends for like ages. right? we were friends for years. She was my neighbor. She was like following me around and be like, oh, this is Mina. But then like we went on this date. And I remember we got like we we went on our, our first date. And I remember like I had this this feeling, right? Was, like, oh, I think this is love. I kind of knew on our first date that we were gonna get married, right? My heart, I didn't tell her that, right? <laughs> Guys, don't tell her that, right? If you're not married yet, don't tell her that you, you think you're gonna get married on the first date, she's gonna run from you, right? But uh, I felt it, right? It's like, oh, I, but but we think that f- love is a feeling, right? It's just this feeling that we have, but no, love, God's love is not a feeling, but is action and is actually giving of Himself. God's love is a love that gives of Himself, His love gave Himself to us. And the love that he gives us isn't just like good things or a good feeling, but he actually gives gives us himself out of his love. He gave his son. And so today, I want to talk about knowing God and the more uncof- uncomfortable aspects of knowing God. And a lot of churches don't like to talk about this, but today I want to talk about God's judgment and wrath. Everybody say judgment and wrath. Woohoo! It's going to be fun. It's his justice, right? But without understanding this aspect of who God is, we really don't know him. We don't know any of the other attributes that he is unless we understand it all together. Because, like I said, God isn't like this collection of like attributes and characteristics that are come together and to make this like big thing of God. But God is all of these things at all times. So God is love. Right? So all of God is love all the time. And God is goodness. And God is like you know like all of the the characteristics that that like his faithfulness god is faithfulness right but one of the things is is god is justice he is he he is like every he is a god of judgment and justice and we have to know that he is like this all the time in the old testament and in the new testament a lot of people think like oh god was like that back then but tonight you know, now he's not no god never changes he is the alpha and he's the omega he's the beginning and the end he's the same yesterday today and tomorrow he will always be and God is all of these things at the same time now before I go on we have to to take a better, better look at the at the word justice right in the Bible because in the English language there's two separate words there's righteousness and then there's justice right righteousness is like you know being righteous dude that guy's righteous man like being a, like morally righteous, like good. And then there's, a, there's, there's justice, which means it's like, like right judgment, like fair justice, right? But in the Hebrew and in the ancient Greek, these words come from a single root word and are often translated to, in it, for, as the same word, right? In Genesis 15.6, Abraham, it says, he's talking about Abraham, he, he says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Righteousness. That word in the Hebrew is the same word as Genesis 18-19 when he says, "For him, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment." That word, justice, right there, is the same word as righteousness in the Hebrew, and it's also same in the Greek. Now, the word for righteousness and justice is said. Is, I can't pronounce it right. <laughs> But when we look at God's justice, His judgment in the Word of God, like His justice, and because he, He's a God of justice, there needs to be judgment, right? We have to see that it all goes hand in hand with His righteousness. We have to know that God's justice flows from His righteousness. That it actually is a, an offshoot. It, 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 it is a, a byproduct, something that comes forth from righteousness. And that and 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 that makes a huge difference in the way that we think about judgment because we have such a different like many different understandings of what just judgment and like like what wrath of God is, but basically what the Bible tells us is that it all flows from the same source. It all flows from God's righteousness. And we have to know about God's righteousness and God's righteousness is this. God is the ultimate measure of righteousness. He deems what is right. What He deems right is right. Isaiah 45, 18-19 For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, He is God, who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I speak not in secret in a land of darkness I did not say to the offspring of Jacob seek me in vain I the Lord speak the truth I declare what is right so God is righteousness everything that is right in the world is because God said it's right now he's the ultimate standard you know it's right because he says so in Leviticus when you read the law there's a lot of like arbitrary things right like when you read like the dietary laws, like you can eat fish, but you can eat this fish, but you can't eat those fish, right? Like you can eat fish with scales and fins, but you can't eat fish with without skin. You, you can eat shellfish, you know, you can eat shellfish, right? But you can eat this, like like birds, like you can eat these birds, but you can't eat these. You can't eat eagles. I bet you eagles are delicious, right? But we don't eat eagles because it says in the list, like you shall not eat eagles or hawks or any of these these birds. It seems very arbitrary, right? It seems like. Like like insects, it says in the Bible that all insects are bad except for these three: locusts, crickets, and grasshoppers. They're okay. Like it seems very arbitrary, right? It just seems like it's very random. But we all we all know that there's God's wisdom behind these commandments, right? But like it just seems arbitrary. Like circumcision, right? Like why you there? You know, like it just seems very random. Why couldn't it be like the earlobe? Why can't we just get? Why can't we just shave off our eyebrows? Right and like I'm circumcised, right? Why did it have to be there? And we know it's from God because there's no like, there was never a guy that said like, you know what was a great idea, circumcision, right? And his friends like, what is circumcision? It's like, let me tell you, right? Like it like it seems very arbitrary. It seems very random. It just seems like like we we sometimes we ask questions like God, why is this this way? Why this? Why can't I eat pork? Like why why can't I eat like you know these other the other, why can't I eat an eagle, right? Like, we, we ask these things to God, and the answer is, it just is. It just is, because he is God, and he deems what is right. What he deems right is right. He is righteousness. There is no righteousness outside of who He is. What he is. What he says is right, and what he is is right. And the thing is because of his righteousness he has to be just right? His righteousness and his justice go hand in hand. he has to be just. You can't have a, a, a righteous God that is not just right So when we look at Adam and Eve, you know the, Adam and Eve they were made in God's image and because they were made in God's image, they were righteous at the at the Garden of Eden, you know like they, they stood naked before the Lord they were righteous not because of anything that they did, but because they were made in God's image, right? But when God made man, what did God give us? He gave us free will, the ability to choose. He gave us this because without the ability to choose, you can't have love and you can't have relationship. I can't like, I can't have a robot and say you will love me, right? It just doesn't work. There has to be a choice. So God gives man a choice, and with that choice, what does man do? Man sins, right? He sins, and then unrighteousness comes into the world. Sin enters the world. Now, you guys know all of this. Like, there is a step when when man sinned. There was a separation between God and man. Right? You guys know all of this, right? You guys, are, majority of you guys are in Christ, are Christians. You guys know that there was a separation. But you guys have to know that separation between God and man did not happen because of His wrath. It happened because of His righteousness. That's a huge. There's a huge difference. God didn't place. The, the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden, and then one other tree and said, you know what? You can eat of this tree, but you can't eat of this tree, right? That would be like a really hard choice, right? And he, he didn't do that. God gave thousands of plants and trees, right? Every plant that was created that they can eat, He gave them all to eat. The abundance. It says in Genesis, then God said, Behold, I have given every plant-yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth, and every tree-yielding seed it shall be for.'" For you food, to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth that has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. So when God created Adam and Eve, it wasn't like, I'm going to give you this choice, right? You have, you can either eat this plant, and then you can't eat this plant. It is was like, you can eat all of these plants, all of these trees, every tree that is here, like all of it you can eat. You can freely eat. You can just you know, like eat as much as you want. I bet you it's delicious, right? I bet you that fruit tasted mad good. You can eat all of this, but there's this one tree you can't eat. It's not even a type of tree. It's not like you can't eat apples. It's like, no. There's just one tree that you cannot eat, because if you do, you will die. And what does that sound like to you? It sounds like a God that is setting them up for success. It sounds like a God that is saying, like, I'm going to give you everything you need for you to thrive and be what I com- created for you to be. I'm going to give you everything. You just can't do this one thing, right? Because it it'll, it'll lead to death. But it's all right because you have all of this. It's like me, college students, like me giving you a test and saying, "You know what? You, this is this will depend on you graduating. I'm going to give you a test. You just have to write any word. Any word. You could potato, the french fries, whatever. I'm hungry. Like I don't know why, but only words come from my other food, you're gonna like pizza, whatever. You can write any word, right? Table, desk, lamp, whatever. You can write any word and you will pass. You just can't write the word fart. And what did man do? He wrote. He wrote the word fart. God is not a god that is waiting in the back. Like he didn't put two trees and said you can't eat this, but you can eat this, and he hid and w- watched to see if they would sin. And right when they sin, it's like, Ha-ha! I got you! Now, get out! God did not do that, but we think that a lot of times. you got to understand, God is a God that wanted to give Adam and Eve everything. So much so that he gave of himself. He gave his image to them. Like, I'm going to give you my image. Like, Ethan is made; He looks like me. Imagine how much he loved them, right? I love Ezra and Ethan. I love them both. But they look like me and Mina, right? He actually gives them his image and says, I'm going to give you everything that you need to succeed. And what happened? They failed. And the the reason I say this is that we don't have a God that is out to get us. We don't have a God that's out to just like catch us in sin. But a lot of Christians, we believe that. They they believe that God loves us, but there's a side of him that that can't wait to punish us. But you see, even his wrath, even his judgment, it comes from his righteousness. It's not because, like, he's, like, bitter up in heaven, going, like, you know what? You didn't do what I said. I'm going to smite thee. You know, like, that's not God. A lot of times we think, like, God is out to get us. God is out to punish us. But you know what? God is for us. He has always been for us. From Adam and Eve's age, he was like, yeah. I want you to thrive. I want you to go and multiply. Like, that's what he said. Go and do your thing and multiply. And I give you food and, you know, you don't even have to wear clothes. You can just go, you know, like you know, I bet you, like, they didn't even gain weight back then, right? It's like, they just look good, you know, like, just go and multiply. But, but what happened? Man sinned. And man brought separation. Why? Because of God's righteousness. It wasn't his wrath. Now, God's wrath is real, but it wasn't his wrath that separated us, it was his righteousness. God does not delight in punishing mankind. Even the wicked. Some of you guys are saying, "Whoa, what does that mean?" Right? I want to tell you, God does not delight in punishing the wicked. You guys you guys think God does, right? You guys would you guys would delight in punishing the wicked. I would delight. All those people that are like Forcing like little kids and girls into human trafficking, I would like delight in like, you know, like punishment of the wicked. But God does not delight in punishment of the wicked. He's not like man. You know how I know this? Because He says it literally with His own mouth. Ezekiel thirty-three. Say to them, as surely as I live, this is verse eleven. Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn! Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? That is the heart of God. God does not delight in man suffering. God does not delight in in man being punished. We have to have the right understanding of God's judgment and wrath. It has to flow from His righteousness. Because if it doesn't, we, we mischaracterize God hugely. We turn him into this vengeful, like, wanting. God doesn't need revenge, man. He's God. The only reason why justice and wrath needs to exist is because of his righteousness. God's, this is my first point. God's judgment and wrath flows from his righteousness. He doesn't take pleasure in punishing man. He's not waiting for us to fail, to punish us, to judge us. He is for us. He is not against us. He's been for us from the beginning. Ever since Adam and Eve, He's been our cheerleader. I'm say, you can, come on. Choose all of this goodness. Just don't. There's one you just can't do. And He's been for us. And from the beginning to the end, He's for us. This points to God's character. He's a God of love and righteousness, He's a God of love and and judgment. That's why that's how those things can coexist. So many times you know, we think that like things that we think that God's out to get us, God's out to punish us. Like bad things happen in our life and, and we automatically feel, oh it's because I did that and God's punishing me. You know what? That's not God's heart. No, there's three things. There's judgment, which is final by the way. Right? Judgment is final, right? It's just once and you're done. Right? There's judgment, there's discipline. And there's the effects of sin. Okay. There's judgment, which I am terrified of, right? If if I was not a Christian, I'd be terrified. And there's discipline. God disciplines the ones He loves, right? God disciplines the ones He. Has. Some of the bad things that happen is actually God disciplining us because He loves us. And then there's the effects of sin. You know, sin has effects on people. Sin is messed up. Sin's jacked up. And you like. Spend a lifetime just sinning, it's going to affect the way that your life is and it's going to affect who you are. Like, you like, you know, some guy like watches pornography, like morning, noon, and night, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I can't find a girl that will marry me. That is the effects of sin. It's because you become like a, like, like your mind has been like kind of like warped and changed and you can't function well with women. That's the effect of sin, right? Not God punishing you. That's because you're living a life of sin. It's going to have an effect on your life. If I was drinking every day, getting drunk every day, Right, my liver's going to be shot, and I'm probably not going to be married anymore. My, my kids are probably going to hate me. That's not God punishing you. That is the effects of sin. Sin kills. It says in the Bible. And so many times we we see things as like happening in our lives. We're like, God's God God doesn't like me. God punishing? Me. No, God loves you. God is for you. He's saying, Choose me. I give you one choice. Choose me, and you will have life. That's the type of God's heart it is. From that heart flows God's judgment and wrath. You guys have to know this. I want to give you guys a right understanding of His wrath. It's not to, like, get you. It's it's to deal with sin. God hates sin, by the way. He hates sin. And He has to deal with sin. Because of His righteousness, something needs to be done. Right? And when, like, my mom used to come home and our house would be dirty, he's like, she'd say, something's going to happen. Right? Something's gonna happen. And, and and it's not gonna be like this anymore, right? And I'd be like, okay, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna clean, right? We will clean we'll clean the house. like God's coming, something's gonna happen, right? Something has to be done about sin, and that's what judgment is, right? So one, God is not this like like wrath filled, bitter God in heaven that's trying to get mad, but no, he loves man. He gave us his image. And it breaks his heart when we sin. He's for us. He's not against us. He wants us to turn. He says, turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? Question mark. He's asking this to the people. Why are you going to die? You just have to turn. You just have to, to choose. That's the heart of God. Now, there's the other side of this coin is that because God is a God of righteousness, God will judge all mankind. And His wrath is upon all sinners. Now this is scary. This is the most scary thing in the universe. Matthew 10, 28. And do you not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul? Rather fear Him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Talking about God. When he judges, it's final. Right? Growing up, the scariest horror movies I was forced to watch. I was forced to watch it with my sister. My sister like liked them, and she would like go to the video store. Remember Pastor Christian talked about the video store? I come from that era. We go to the video store, and my sister would have these sleepovers. And then like I'm the y- I'm younger, and so I, I, like I have to watch what they watch, right? And so she would rent like Nightmare on Elm Street. It used to scare me. Freddy Krueger, and they would rent it, and then they'd be like, ah. My, my name back in America was Chin, right? Was like Chin, was my Korean name. They call me Chin. I was like, no, my name is Caleb. Like, no, you're Chin, right? I'd be like, you're not going to watch this. He's too scared. And I'd be like, I'm not going to be a punk, right? So I'd be like, I'll watch it. And they'd be like, her her girlfriends would be there, and I'll sit there, and I'd be terrified. I'd be so scared. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to sleep for days. But I'll sit there, and I'll be forced to watch these movies, right? I, like, even like the new movies that come out, I, I don't mess around with those, man. Cause it's just, it looks too real to me. I like, it will damage my soul, man. You guys shouldn't watch horror movies, right? But the, the scariest the is like Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. It, it would scare me. But seriously, all of that pairs in comparison to how scary and terrifying the wrath of God is. You guys have to know that. Because God is righteous. He must separate himself from all unrighteousness. That's us. Man, right. And that should terrify us. Think about it. Eternally. That word alone should terrify you. Right? Eternally. Some of you guys are like, I gotta sit through this 45 minute sermon. And you're like, ah, oh, right? right? Like, who's been to the DMV? Some kind of like 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 a official place, and you take that number, you're like, and it's like number one oh five, and it goes ding, and it's like serving number sixty-three, and you're like, Ah! Oh! Like you just you just die inside, right? Or like you, you sit through traffic. One time we saw the fireworks festival here, and we drove Pastor Benjamin back to Haeundae, and we we got there at Day, We drove, and we're like, oh, we got there in like 30 minutes. We're like, man, this is awesome. Coming back took two two hours and 45 minutes from Haeundae to Suwon Station. <coughs> I was like going crazy. I was at a light, and I was at that light. It changed like five times, and it was still at that same light. And I'm thinking like. I'm gonna ah, die! Like I just literally went crazy, and I just said, "Mina, you have to drive." And she wasn't even driving; she was just sitting there. just like, "It's not really driving. We just right." That's like three hours of discomfort, and we're like, "Ah, oh, but imagine eternity. That should scare us. We should not take that word lightly. Eternally. Because think about it: eternal life is great, but eternal damnation, eternal death, eternal fear, eternal hopelessness. This." Imagine, hell is this, imagine all of the horrible, ungodly things in this world, the evil, sinister, all of the the wars and all of the things that just is bad, and then remove anything of God from that place. It's eternally being separated from God, who is good, who is love, who is joy, who is peace. So it's no good, there's no love, there's no joy, there's no peace, eternally. That, should, that scares me when I think about that and, and I you know the verse says like, like you know like work out your, tr- your, your salvation with fear and trembling you know where that fear and trembling comes from that's those moments when you think about eternal eternity and you were like man am I on the right side And once again where does all of this flow this, this, this wrath it, it's from his righteousness it's from God's righteousness. The wrath of God is that one day he will eternally separate himself from all unrighteousness permanently that should terrify us the wrath of God is real not because he's all bitter up in heaven I'm like why don't they listen to what I say no the wrath of God is real because is he has he is righteousness and there can be no other loophole there is no loophole. People are good at finding loopholes, right? There is no loophole to this. There is just there's one. Either you're righteous or you're not. I am righteous. Everyone is not. Eternally, it's scary. We have to separate. He has to separate himself from everything that is unrighteous. And in order for God to be just and righteous, what did He do? He has to punish sin. He has to. He has to because he is righteous, right? What, what did he do? He sent his son Jesus and he took on the punishment of sin for us. He took the wrath of God on himself. 1 Peter 3.18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. This is justification. It's impossible for us to live up to God's righteousness. It's like me asking like Ted to, Ted, I want you to fly, just using your arms. And he he can be there like flap his arm as fast as he could. He could work up a sweat, you know. He could like put little feathers on his arms and he could flap. He could flap his arms as hard as any man has ever flapped his arm. It is still impossible. And the same the same thing with God's righteousness there's no way that we could live up to God's righteousness our performance cannot save us and we have been saved through what faith grace in Christ Jesus is the one that paid the price and took the wrath of God upon himself Roman Romans 3.21 says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness of it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction for all who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Because of righteousness, God had to punish His Son. But He also gave us a sacrifice for our sins. Like you know like Abraham and Isaac and how Abraham takes Isaac up to the God tells him sacrifice you something, he takes him up there and and he's about to do it. Abraham was gangster, man. He had that knife and he's about to do it and then he's like angel of the Lord's like Stop And then there's a lamb. He's like there's a there's a a lamb that, that was 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 given by the Lord to be the sacrifice instead of Isaac. And in the same way God, Jesus Christ, was given as a as a sacrifice for our for our death, for our sin. Because there's no way that we can earn God's righteousness. It's like one, it's, it's like I can't give a good analogy, but like once it's it's once and done, right? There's no way, nothing we can do. It's like imagine you have a glass of water, and then somebody puts a little bit of like something really gross in there. Imagine what it is. Something that you would never eat. I'm thinking poo. And you shake it up. And no matter how much you clean the outside of that bottle, no matter how clear it looks, you're still not going to drink it. You can, it will never be regular water to you. And in the same way, there's no way that we can like make ourselves new and right by doing right things and good things and, and righteous things. It says in the Bible that it's filthy rags. The, the greatest and the most righteous Things that we can do are filthy rags to the Lord. Only thing that could save us, only thing that could make us righteous, was Himself, was Jesus Christ. And and that and because there will be a day when God's judgment falls upon this earth. And what's going to save us is the righteousness, is His righteousness in Christ Jesus. Now, now my my next point is that. God's righteousness means that the goal of his judgment is to make all things right. We also have to understand this about God's righteousness and his judgment. There is a purpose to God's judgment and it's to make all things right. Some people say, you know, God, God is a God of love. He loves me. And it's true. God loves me. He wouldn't judge people and send them to hell. And they And they'll say like, mercy triumphs over justice and it's true that mercy triumphs over justice but it doesn't mean that mercy does away with justice mercy doesn't like get rid of justice god will judge the world and and the, he will judge the good and the wicked and his judgment will make everything right in the end there's a purpose to his judgment it's to restore all things the restoration The year of restoration. But there's a purpose of His judgment is to restore all things. Matthew 19, 28. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. There's going to be a renewal of all things. Revelation 21, 5. And He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The Bible talks about the new heavens and the new earth. And if you really kind of interpret it this way, we're not going like, to be like zapped up into heaven. Well, we might, but, but the, our heaven is the new earth. We're going to live on this earth eternally. Right? As a new earth, new Jerusalem. And what God's judgment will bring is the righting of every wrong. Because imagine a universe where God didn't hate sin. And He didn't judge unrighteousness. What kind of future will we have? What kind of future will we have if we had a God that loved us, but didn't hate sin? That allowed sin? That allowed unrighteousness? Basically, what kind of God will we have if He loved us, but wasn't righteous? What kind of world will we have right now, and what kind of future will we have? It'd be dark if God did not like punish unrighteousness, and if God did not judge unrighteousness, where we end up, He can love us. Even like criminals love their children, right? even the most wicked love their own children. Right? He can love us all He wants. We would be in a dark place. But it's because God is both loving. He is love and He is righteousness. There has to be judgment on this earth. And His judgment will make everything right in the end. What sin has defiled and twisted, God will make right. That means wickedness and evil will be punished. He will right every injustice. He will right every wrong. And all of that will remain will be His righteousness. The only reason we will be there is because of His righteousness imputed upon us by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you guys see what I'm saying here? Because when God's judgment comes, He's gonna right every wrong. Every time, every wickedness that happens, He's gonna right, and there's gonna be punishment there. There's gonna be wrath there, and it's gonna be permanent. And at the end of all that, only thing that's gonna remain is His righteousness, and we're there because of His righteousness, because. Christ Jesus, He is our righteousness. That's what it means when it says that, like, like He is our righteousness. When we put our faith in Christ Jesus, He becomes our righteousness. It's not. I I can be like the nicest guy. I could, you know, like, be nice to every single one of you and like help you do your homework. I don't know, like. Buy you shoes? I can do whatever it is. I can be, uh, dude. Every right thing that I could ever possibly do every day of the week. I there's not. It's just it's filthy rags. Only thing that matters is the righteousness of Christ that is imputed upon me through faith. Now faith is not just saying that you believe and not affecting your life because true faith is going to transform you. G- James talks. About Talks about the true faith is like like living it out, and it, it means like following Jesus. But that's the only thing that's gonna keep us on this earth. When judgment comes, it's His righteousness. It's not it's not like God like like ah you guys suck no. He's like I am righteous, and I'm gonna restore everything that sin brought into this universe, everything that sin has 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 marred and has destroyed. And has like 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 defiled whatever it is, I'm gonna restore everything and make it new again. And the only thing that's gonna remain is my righteousness. And it's the righteousness of Christ that keeps us in his kingdom. And he talks about that every injustice, every persecution that is done to the Christian, to the martyrs, will be made right. That is his judgment. It is so much more than a vengeful God that wants to punish man. We have to break out of that understanding because in order for us to reconcile that to a God that loves us it's- impo- it's really hard we have to know that his love and his righteousness is the source of his judgment and his wrath. I'll close with this people don't like talking about god's wrath and judgment but You can't have the gospel without God's judgment. You can't have relief from pain unless you have what? Very good. Ding! One point. We can't have a Savior who died for us without a God of righteousness that has to judge and punish sin. If we say that there is no judgment, we're just saying that Jesus hung on that cross and he died for nothing. But you see, God's judgment leads us to good news because He is for us. He's not waiting for us to fail, but wants us to succeed. Remember, the God that was for Adam and Eve, you know, I say, you can eat all of this. You can eat this and sustain and just live forever. Have babies. Babies are great. And your babies will have other babies. And you'll multiply and you'll just live with me eternally, right? He, he was setting them up as easy as He can, as best as He could to, to, to for us to, to be with Him. <coughs> and that same God still <coughs> exists today. He never changed. <coughs> God never changes. His character never changes. His character is always the same. Oh, And he says, I will judge the world, not based on all the things that you have to do, but in faith. Faith in Christ. <coughs> oh. You are justified by faith. It says, since, therefore, we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Let's pray. Sorry, like at the end it just got... Oh. Yeah. God will restore all that. All of the pollution that all those factories made, God's going to restore all that. <coughs> Let's pray. And as we go on us I want to pray for people that if you have a understanding of God as one that wants to punish you that wants to 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 find you to catch you in sin i want to break off that mindset right now because that is not the god of love that is not the god of grace that is not the god of mercy and that is not the god of justice that is a that is a a a distorted understanding of who God really is. And and for whatever reason or for whatever type of preaching that you've experienced in your life and you've come to this understanding that God wants to punish you, I want to break off that mindset right now. And I just declare that God wants you to succeed. God wants you to turn. Turn. Why won't you turn, O Israel? That is his heart. God wants you to choose him. God wants you to experience grace. God wants you to experience redemption. And he says, you know what? Regarding your sin, my son has paid the price for you. It's nothing to me. It's not that sin is nothing. He hates sin. But by the blood of Jesus Christ, he wipes away your sin right now, if that's you, if you've had a, just a wrong understanding of the, of the God of love and the God of righteousness, and if you've always thought that every time you messed up, it's God is there to punish you, I'm going to break that off your mindset right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that God loves you, that He is for you, He is not against you. And even in your moments of sin, He is with you. In the Bible it says that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He does not condemn you. He is for you. So Lord, I pray for us. Help us to have the right understanding of your judgment and your wrath. Help us to have the right understanding of your righteousness. That is, because of your righteousness that that, ju- that justice and, and wrath will be poured out upon this earth But help us to see you rightly and help us to see you correctly that it is out of your love and your righteousness and your goodness that you will restore all things and that you will make every wrong right and you will do you will, you will restore every sin, everything that sin has destroyed and marred on this earth you will restore it and you will make things new through your judgment. I pray that you, you'll help us, our hearts, to, to continue to run after you with the fear of the Lord. May the fear of the Lord be upon our hearts. May we see you and saying we need you more than anything else. We love you more than anything else in this universe. We need you and we want you and we desire you more than anything else in this universe. Help that to be our prayer. And help that to be our heart. May we truly understand what it is for you to bring judgment on this earth. And may may our understanding of that start from truly seeing you for who you are. A righteous God. A loving God. Who will bring restoration and restore all things to yourself. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.